Meseches Brachas, Perikhe Mishnah Aleph, 5.1. Here we begin to talk uh, more about prayer, but here in the attitude one has when he approaches prayer and the Kavani needs for it. So the Mishnah begins, in Omdin, the Hispalel, Elematoch, Kovid Rosh. One may not stand up to pray, Bishmona Esrei prayer, Elematoch, Kovid Rosh, unless he's coming from a place of uh, seriousness. Now, Kovid Rosh literally means a heavy head, uh, as opposed to Kalus Rosh being lightheaded, lightheadedness. The Bartanur just defines Kovid Rosh as having two elements, Hachna'a, which means submission and humility, and Mora which means awe, A-W-E, and reverence. So when you confront the infinite Hashem, it's essential that you enter into that prayer with humility, submission, slash reverence, awe. The early pious ones, this of course aren't Hasidim in terms of the 17th and 16th century, uh, you know, Hasidim in Poland, this means Hasidim people who went uh, beyond the letter of the law, so those holy men, they would take a whole hour to prepare themselves to enter into the Shemona Esrei. Rabbi Arya Kaplan famously understands this would be um, the preparations required for the meditative experience that the prayer was uh, and maybe still is. They would take an hour to prepare themselves. In order that they should be able to properly direct their minds to Hashem. Here the word makom was used to describe Hashem, translated obviously or commonly as the omnipresent, the all ever-present. But it means, it's referring to Hashem in His infinitude, that He is everywhere. As the Gemara says, that the world is not His place, rather He is the place of the world. Meaning that God is infinite and we're somehow subsumed within Him or an expression of His will. I mean, He's outside of our universe, space and time. So that's quite a mouthful and quite a mindful. So to direct yourself properly that you're confronting the internet requires some time and preparation, and the Hasidim Rishonim would wait a whole hour to do it. The Bavli actually says the way they would pray in the Hasidim Rishonim is they would take an hour to prepare themselves for Shemona Esrei. They'd pray Shemona Esrei for an hour, and then they'd take an hour to internalize the experience they had three times a day, which means, of course, nine hours of praying, and that's how the Bavli learns, and the Gemara actually asks, well, if they're praying nine hours a day, how did they get their work done? And, uh, how they learn the Talmud Torah. And it says that indeed they had special bracha because, because, uh, of their holiness. They had special seyat tishmaya and getting more done in a little bit of time. Allah Lamaisa, we don't wait an hour, of course. However, there is an actual minimum requirement that before one steps into Shmonesra, he must at least wait and gather his thoughts. The amount of time it takes to walk eight amos, uh, which is not very much. It's a few seconds. But the point is, it's actually a specific din that you may not Say, run into shul at mincha time, see, they've just started Shmon Esri and just run straight into Shmon Esri. Nope. You have to stop and wait a few seconds. It's time it takes to walk, you know, uh, 12, 15 feet, something like that, you know, a few seconds, four seconds, five seconds. And then, um, you can go into your Shmon Esri as a minimum waiting. Now, in terms of the kavana required, if a person is in the middle of Shmon Esri, even if a king asks his welfare, so a king says good morning to you, Lo yeshiveno, you may not answer him. This, of course, um, is in contrast to what we said before in the second paragraph that when it comes to Kriyashma, that a person is allowed to interrupt, uh, in the middle of a, of a be'emta, in the middle of a paragraph for Yira, and at the breaks, um, even for, for Kavod, um, for initiation. In fact, this is even less than, this is, this is Shoah, this is to respond to a request. So this would be even less than a Kuantra You could, um, Respond, be'emta, even for kavod, and certainly the king has kavod, and meshav shalom kol adam, we said, 
can respond hello to anybody. But we're saying even a king now who responds to initiates conversation with you, you may not respond to him at all. And obviously you can't uh, initiate a conversation with him. The Gemara says this is talking about a king who's a Jewish king who will understand that you're in the middle of Shimon Esrei. I won't say off with his head. But a non-Jewish king, since he may well indeed say off with his head for not giving proper respect to the crown, a person, of course, could stop in the middle of Shimon Esrei and, and greet the king, the non-Jewish king, um, because he's at, at risk of uh, his own life. And of course, it won't require him to risk his life in the middle of Shimon Esrei. But the point here is that the honor that's, the king deserves, of course, is secondary to the honor that the king of kings, God, deserves. So if a person breaks from Esrei, he stops for nothing. Even if a snake is wrapped around your ankle, you may not interrupt. Now, here we're not talking about a poisonous snake again, because if a poisonous snake was wrapped around you, you could do what you could, do what you can to save yourself. And of course, if a snake is coming your way and it's poisonous, then you can do what you can to get out of the way. We're talking about a non-poisonous snake, who of course would be rather distracting, yet you cannot interrupt. Now, according to most uh, poskim, yafsik means to interrupt with words. That means you can't talk, but you could move physically out of your place to get away from the snake or to disentangle itself from the snake and then resume Shmon Esau, um as long as you don't talk. It's actually quite a tumble in the in the Bir uh, um, but the Mishra comes out, la bottom line is in a Shasad Chak, in a present situation, a person could relocate himself and the middle of Shmon Esrei, as long as he doesn't talk and he hasn't violated this halacha.